everybody. Welcome to the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. My name is Nick. Grab your basketball, put on your Cinderella slippers, because in this episode, we're going dancing. You know, to say that I would have expected or I had expectations of, you know, making it to that final weekend of, of college basketball, I don't think that particular thing would have been in my mind. It would have been in, you know, all my dreams for what I wanted to accomplish, but you, you really want to just get that opportunity to, to get on that national stage and, and prove that you can play with, you know, some of the big dogs. And Do you ever think about how much money you probably cost people in Vegas? Oh, yeah. I know. I know. I, I mean, trust me, when you get to that, like I, I went from no one, you know, really caring about Loyola basketball or whatever to all of a sudden people are tweeting at me like I messed up their bracket and angry people, and people get real angry, especially when it comes to that stuff in March. Oh my God. My entire life, if, if I succeed at anything, which is quite rare, by the way, but if I ever do, I'm, I always get the, the backhanded compliment of, well, you never saw him coming. Is Powerball really luck? Yes. I, I have my I have my thoughts on it, kind of like dinosaurs. You know huh? what I mean? How can you have any kind of indication that Powerball could be skill-based when they're literally drawing numbers randomly? Is there not a more useless animal that is celebrated more than the turtle? One for the rhythm, two for the rhyme, <laughs> three to get ready. It's bobsled time. <laughs> I want to thank everybody so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Even if you're not a big sports fan, I think that there's a couple of couple of big sporting events that grab everybody's attention. The World Cup, the Super Bowl, and going on right now, the NCAA Tournament March Madness. Even if you don't know anything about sports... There's a good chance that you're still watching these games and filling out a bracket. I think it's these amazing underdog stories where you have this small school that takes on these big powerhouses and sometimes makes a deep run all the way into the NCAA tournament. Our first guest was on one of those teams, and it's really interesting to listen to him talking about not only what goes on on the court, but all of the stuff and the experiences that surround March Madness in the NCAA tournament. This is Ben Richardson of Loyola University in Chicago, who last year got all the way to the final four. So basically when you started your college career, what were your expectations? Like what was, what was the, the dream goal kind of, where did you think you were going to get? You know, coming out of high school for me, I had some options where I could, I could have went, you know, somewhere somewhere bigger um i might have had an opportunity to you know go somewhere like like smu and be a a a preferred walk-on and try and earn a scholarship there or you know i had an offer from umass which is a bigger program um but i kind of i kind of you know picked loyola and and the reputation that that the program had you know wasn't stellar on a on a basketball standpoint um and, you know, to say that I would have expected or I had expectations of, you know, making it to that final weekend of, of college basketball, I don't think that particular thing would have been in my mind. It would have been in, you know, all my dreams for what I wanted to accomplish. But um, my expectations were, you know, get get this program who just joined, a, you know, a well-renowned mid-major conference and, and, and build it up and try to get to the top of the, of the conference and, um, be a, be a winning program, change the course of the program, and 
leave it better than I than I found it and and make it to the NCAA tournament and then see what happens once you get there. So really kind of starting out, you were just hoping in terms of just to get to the tournament. For for so many guys like myself, it's just you you really want to just get that opportunity to, to get on that national stage and, and prove that you can play with, you know, some of the big dogs and the power five teams and the, the you know, the teams are always on ESPN and getting all the all the love throughout the year and and you know I know for me and and most guys, especially on our team, you know, we we believe that we we could compete with those teams. It's just a matter of you know getting on that um, on that stage and, and being able to make it there is is a huge battle. You know, it's it's really tough uh, to to get to the tournament um, as a mid major. When you look at some of the bigger schools, you know, like Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, are those guys really that much better? Or are they just basically a bigger version of you guys? Um, you know, to that, I would say those like schools like that. You know, they're they're gonna have the the blue chips. They're gonna have guys who have unbelievable raw talent and potential. And they're you know, if it, if it was just up to the eye test, then you know they're gonna blow you out of the water. But you know, schools like that, like like for example, I would say when we played Miami. You know, an ACC team in the first round. Um, they were, you know, they were a solid ACC team. I think they finished on the upper half of the ACC. They made a, they made a push at the end of the year. They beat North Carolina at North Carolina there at the end, and and they came in as you know a, a real respected team. And just kind of watching film stuff, like not nothing against like them, but it just it seemed like teams teams like Miami, for for example, would. I guess the phrase that was used was they, they try to outdo you. So they, they look at, they go, you know, we are six eleven athletic guys going to be better than your, you know, power forward. That's you know six, five undersized and not as athletic, you know, that, and, and they might not have to, have to execute as good as you or have to play as, as unselfishly and, 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 you know, do the little things as much because they can outdo you because they got, a guy who can, you know, put his elbows in the rim, or they got multiple guys that can do that, and they're just going to outdo you. And, and so that, that it seems like a lot of times, the reason, in my opinion, that I think a lot of um, mid majors are able, able to make runs is because they have more complete basketball teams, and and they know that they can't rely on outdoing you and and having you know just a just a you know really talented players that are just going to you know bully somebody. And in those situations in March, you know, when you're playing against the best of the best, the best 64 teams in the country, you really got to be on, on top of it. I mean, I always think about it like you, you really have to be really good, first of all, because everybody you play in the tournament is really good. And second of all, you kind of need to have some stuff go your way. Like you really need some luck. There's such a small margin in those games and, you can't go in there and, and just expect to outdo somebody. And, you know, the smaller smaller teams that have success usually do the, the team things really well. When you walked on the floor for the first time, what was that like at the NCAA tournament? Oh, it's exciting. It's, it's, it's super exciting. It's ever since, you know, I was little, ever since I picked up basketball, watched college basketball, it was, you know, it was what I dreamed of, what I wanted to get to. It was it was it was the gold, ultimate gold, and um, so I, I, 
I try to soak it up as much as possible. It's hard though, because just everything is a blur because it's, it's so hectic. Once the second you get there, um, it's a, it's a media storm. And, and especially for us, we kind of got into the limelight a little bit with, with some exciting wins and that run. So it was just, it was kind of a circus, but, um, but it was, it was fun. I tried to enjoy it as much as possible. When you started that first game, were you guys just happy to be there or did you really feel like, okay, we could win this? Uh, I, I think that when we got there, we, we really were, you know, straight business. Um, you know, earlier in the year we had, we had upset the, we had upset the number five team in the country, uh, Florida university down there in Gainesville. And I think after that, win, we kind of, we kind of realized, you know, we could do something special. You know, we can play with these guys. We're just as, we're every bit as good as them. And, and we, we really had to chip on our shoulder. We wanted to prove it. Were you surprised though, when you won that first game? You know what? I, w- I was I mean, I was more surprised because I didn't think we played well that game at all, and and we still figured it out. And if anything, I think winning that game kind of was like, okay, like if we can beat them, and we didn't even have our best game, especially offensively. Like we kind of, we kind of, you know, we relied on some a lot of things to go our way, but we didn't even play that well, and we still uh, got got the job done. So it, it definitely gave us some you know, motivation going forward, some confidence. When you were going, when you were going on that run, did you guys just feel, did you feel like you were keeping hanging on, so to speak? Or did you really start to feel confident? Like we might, we might not just survive. We might be able to win. Oh yeah. I mean, I, it definitely just built and built. Um, I know it was, it was the, cause we won the first round game on basically buzzer beater like 0.5 seconds left we won in the second round on a you know a, another shot that put us ahead we were down one and and it put us ahead by one with like three seconds left and then the sweet 16 game and then those were against miami and tennessee and the sweet 16 was against nevada and that game we won by four we hit a shot with like eight seconds left and that was like our most comfortable win and in the, the Sweet 16, so it was like it was like okay, we're getting we're getting we're getting more and more comfortable wins here. Like, and then in the in the in the Elite Eight, we ended up winning by like you know 18 or 16 or something. And so it was like it was like we it built, you know, it, we kind of barely skated by the first round, barely skated by the second, then we kind of got a little bit more comfortable win in the Sweet 16. Then we we really uh, were clicking on all cylinders um, in the in the Elite Eight. And that, yeah, we, I mean, we felt really confident at that point for sure. The team you beat in the elite eight, which team was that? That was Kansas state. I went to Kansas state. You did. (laughs) Yeah. I remember watching you guys being like, Oh, all right. K state going final four and then turning on the game and going, what the fuck? It was unfortunate for, for, for y'all because, you know, Dean Wade and, and I feel so bad for him this year. It looks like he's, he might miss the tournament again. And I was, they really gritted the one out. They beat they beat Kentucky to, to get to the Elite Eight to play us, and they really you know toughed that game out without him. He you know he was their best player. As you're going through the tournament, how did the players on some of those bigger, more established, let's say teams, how did they look at you guys? Um, you know, I, I felt like we 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 garnered respect. Um, you know, especially after the, if we didn't after the first round, we definitely did after the second round because Tennessee was kind of a popular, you know, trendy final four pick for some people. And, 
and and we upset them and and so i think after that game we for sure people people took notice and when did the whole Cinderella thing kind of take off? I mean, was that after the first win or did people really start looking at you as the Cinderella as you went into the tournament? Man, I think it was after the first. Uh, actually, you know, we, uh, we, we, were, we were kind of like a trendy pick for the Cinderella. And I know a lot of analysts um, kind of had, had picked us out to be that because we had a really, really efficient offense and we had one of the best defenses in the country. And like that's those are two, you know, big signifiers for a team that a lot of people don't know about to be successful in the tournament. And some of the, some of the, you know, analysts who, you know, spend their life, you know, watching college basketball and looking at all the numbers and statistics and making, making um, predictions, they picked us and, and we were kind of like, Oh, like we don't want, we don't want to, we don't want them to all be picking us. Cause we don't want to be, you know, we don't want to get jinxed or anything. Like we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, be the team that everybody thinks is going to go and that go on a run and then and then you know not 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 do it but um, it ended up you know they were right and I think I think that you know just us being able to to win at Florida early in the year was definitely also like um, one of those things that people saw were like okay this team can really play with with you know the against the big schools and and might be able to get some wins in the tournament. What was the attention like for that? I mean, did your life kind of change afterwards? Yeah, it was, it was honestly, um, it was pretty intense, you know, just cause, you know, Chicago, it's different when you do it in like a small college town, I would imagine. But in Chicago, I mean, at that point in the year, the Blackhawks were having a down year, the Bulls were having a down year, Cubs hadn't started yet. So really the whole city was kind of like bought into, um, following us and, you know, it's, it's a big city. There's a lot going on. And, and so that was that was really cool. Just just the way that the city embraced us as a team, being a team that when I got there, our, our arena would kind of be empty sometimes. At the, you know, in, in the non-conference games, and you know, we didn't really have a lot of respect or notoriety as far as you know um, sports in the city. But we once we went on that run, you know, we had they had. You know the the skyscrapers downtown lit up with Go Loyola, the top of the Hancock Building with the uh, maroon and gold. It was it was really special, and, and and I think one of my favorite memories after you know after all of it was I got to throw out the first pitch at the Cubs opening day, which was so cool, so cool. Something I never would have imagined doing. You know at Wrigley Field, yeah. But you know that the media stuff is crazy. The, the media stuff is craziest, especially when you get down to San, like when we got down to San Antonio where the Final Four was. I swear that the first day um, of like media obligations we had, we probably were. I was back and forth in and out of rooms doing production stuff for like four hours. It was insane. Coming from Loyola, you know, we're, we're obviously it's that's so foreign to us. But like you know, a lot of the big schools like they deal with that stuff, like Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, whatever. You know, they're dealing with that most of the time so um i don't know it's 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 definitely a lot of added added stuff you know but but i think for us it was good because like we had sister jean you know so she kind of took the took the attention off us we didn't have to deal with as much media now she is i'm kind of familiar but not really familiar with that she is what to the university so so we're a jesuit university and she is a 90 Eight, not 98 now, I think she turned 98, 98 year old. Now she was our team chaplain. So she was, you know, our, our spiritual mentor for the team. 
She prayed prayed with us before every game. Said a said a prayer over the over the microphone to the whole crowd before games at our home games. Um, you know, just just was like a kind of a support a support person for the team. Provided you know anything motivation, just little stuff like that. And she she really was you know very involved with 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 our program throughout my four years and. And she, you know, was at the games, obviously, and so the, uh, the you know, media kind of picked up on it, and she became kind of a fan favorite. What's that? Do you still talk to her at all? I haven't talked to her in in a little while. You know, she she blew up. She kind of became a superstar. So maybe she, maybe she got uh, she got. <laughs> My favorite thing was she would she would always email us after every game, and it would include it would include like a. Uh, a message for the whole team, and then uh, at the end, an individual message to each player. And it was it, w- it was it wasn't always good stuff, you know. If you if you you know weren't making shots or something, she she would let you know. Like she she, she was she was she was you know she paid attention to the game. She knew what was going on, and you know she didn't hold back. And so she she was you know she was a very involved person with with, with the whole program. Did she ever rip you? Uh. You know, it, if she was ever doing ripping, it was on the it was it was on you know the officials or if if somebody on the other team was was you know hacking somebody, someone's foul. She might she might have ripped on them, but she didn't rip she didn't rip on us. But she would she would, she would let us know you know things we get, we should, we need to do better. Maybe she's she's ninety eight, but she's literally she's got the spirit and like usefulness of someone thirty years younger. Like you wouldn't even be able to tell if you talked to her the way she. You can hear it in her voice, you know, she's, she, she doesn't sound like she's 98. Did you ever start feeling a massive amount of pressure? Because I kind of feel like it's, it's a little bit easier to be the underdog, but did you ever feel like you, you have to win this game? Um, no, no. I mean, the pressure is there when you, when you, if you, if you let it like kind of sink in like that, you know, everybody's, you know, watching the game. Like you think about all the people you know, you think about the Final Four, for example. You know, we played in the Alamo Dome. It's, it's, it was sixty-eight thousand people. You know, filled up. You know, that's not that's not like your typical bad college basketball game. You kind of just have to block that stuff out. I know there were times where I would feel the pressure coming on. It, it would mainly be like before come before games, like just a little like pre-game anxiety. But once you get once, like for me at least, the way the way our team was, we were such a such a like a team that played together and, and we had so many different weapons like we had we had four different leading scores in four games and so it really distributed it well to where we didn't really need one guy to carry the load of scoring or like one we didn't have like one star so it kind of it kind of you know we kind of all bounced the the pressure of it for each other. I would imagine it's a little bit different from kind of playing those home go- home games to walking into San Antonio with 60,000 people. Oh, yeah, it's insane. It's insane, especially, like, the first time we walked in there for shoot-around, I couldn't believe, like, I couldn't believe that people, you know, paid money to go sit a mile away and watch, watch the game, like, up in the rafters. It's crazy how big that place is. And, and all the Final Fours are played in, like, big stadiums like that. Did anybody ever anybody ever get like throw up or complain of being too nervous or anything like that? Or were you guys used to it? No, no. I mean, I mean, we it was it was fun for us. I mean, we we obviously took it like real seriously, and 
and believed that we could win every game. But like, we often were just like trying to enjoy it too, because like at that point we're, we're playing with house money, you know? Do you remember ultimately, do you remember winning more or losing more? Oh man. I think about that Michigan game probably as much as anything else. Um, just mainly because we should have won that game. I think, I think that, you know, we made, they made their run just so late in the game. We just didn't have an opportunity to, to, to punch them back and, and, and make a, make a run of our own. Um, and that hurts because I really believe that we were a better matchup for, for Villanova than Michigan was. I think that Villanova team last year was, was, you know, unbelievable, but I think that we would have given them a better game than Michigan, to be honest. Yeah, just that one, the, the, the one loss, it hurts. But, you know, we could have easily been out in the first round. Are you the best Cinderella team? Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, there's been so many great ones. And, and, and just, like, being a lover of college basketball, being a lover of now, like, I'm such an advocate for, for mid-majors, um, there's been so many great runs. Like, like Butler, like, we really wanted to be, like, like Butler. You know, Butler went to went – to, um, you know, two two Final Fours. They went to the national championship. They never could get it done. They never could win the national championship. And we really felt that we could be, you know, that team that that won it. Um, I, I mean, I, we used to be our Loyola used to be in the same conference as Butler and and Brad Stevens, who's the coach of the Celtics now, was was the coach, you know, back then. And and our and our coach, our head coach Porter Moser, he he even had reached out to Brad Stevens about you know preparation and and stuff going to the tournament. And so we really wanted to be that team. But I think at least in my, in my lifetime and when I've watched, I think, I think Butler, they, they might, they might have the edge on us just cause they made it to the national championship. Almost got it done. Do you ever think about how much money you probably cost people in Vegas? Oh yeah, I know. I know. I, I mean, trust me when you get to that, like I, I went from no one, you know, really caring about Loyola basketball or whatever to all of a sudden people are tweeting at me like I messed up their bracket and angry. And people get real angry, especially when it comes to that stuff in March. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Like people come out of nowhere. You know, those Twitter trolls with with no with no like picture. It's like a picture of the egg. Yeah, they're just they're just cursing you. out. It's pretty funny, honestly. But yeah, I definitely felt that. I definitely knew that we were we were definitely screwing some people's uh, brackets up do you remember anything in particular like somebody said to you about that uh i don't know anything particular but i will say you know i have i have the utmost respect for tennessee's team like the, the guys on tennessee's team and that's partly why i picked them to to go to the final four this year because they got their whole team back from last year and their team last year was so good they were they were you know really 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 good team um, and I have I have tons of respect for the players. However, their fans are the worst. They were harassing us. They were they were harassing us over over social media, and and it was it was it was pretty intense. And I guess like that's like that's what you know that's how SEC fans are. I guess you know I can only I can only imagine what it's like to deal with that all all year round. But like when we when we you know won to to play against them, like we were you know we knew we were gonna play against play against them on, on that Saturday, we started, everyone on the team just started getting harassed on Twitter. <laughs> they were, yeah, they were, they were ruthless. They were ruthless. Who you got in this year? Who you got in the final four? Who you got winning? I, I'm, I'm riding a couple Cinderella's. 
I don't know if any of them, are any like really low seeds, are going to make the final four. I hope they do, but I, I like I like Wofford, and I like Buffalo. I don't even know North where Carolina. Wofford is. Where's Wofford? Wofford, Wofford is in North Carolina, I believe. But I think that I think that I I think that this is going to be the year that Gonzaga gets over the hump. I watched them play. Like this is the, the reason I think I might get this bracket better than any previous years because this is the year I've actually been like the most detached from college basketball aside from like following Loyola. I really haven't watched a whole lot of basketball just because I'm, you know, I'm in Poland, so the time difference, and I gotta, you know, find some sketchy streams to watch it in the first place. So I, I haven't followed it as much as I have in, 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 you know, my whole the whole rest of my life. So I think that now that I have limited limited knowledge, I'm gonna do better than you know trying to overanalyze when I actually knew a lot more about it. My problem with Gonzaga is the same as my problem with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's just like eventually, no matter how good they are they're going to remember they're the Chiefs and they're going to remember they're Gonzaga and just lose. Yeah, yeah, I know. And and it sucks because they've, they've, like, they've been in this position so many times when, like, people are like, this is the year, you know. And and they made it. They made it all the way to the national championship, I think, two years ago. They lost to North Carolina. But I don't know. I just feel like this year might be different, but we'll see. How'd you end up playing overseas? I had planned on, you know, pursuing a career at the beginning of my senior year. I didn't really know earlier in my career in college. I wasn't really sure, but then going into my senior year, I was like, "Like, yeah, this is for sure what I want to do. At least, at least, just to just to test the waters, try it out, see if I can have some success." Because you know, I want to take this as far as I can. You know, it'd be a unique opportunity, and I'd be I'd be stupid not to try, like not to give it a try. Yeah. And then you know, after the tournament, after everything, my senior year, I had so much more exposure. I I played well, so I I had kind of gotten onto people's radar so that just helped you know helped me um get my name out there and and so you know i signed an agent and i went through the whole pre-draft process and working out for for teams and i worked out for some european clubs and i ended up getting uh i I honestly had no idea where i was going to end up and um got hooked up with a, a coach from poland and and um, he liked my game and, and it fit, and uh, we, we got got myself on a on a one year deal here. And all right, what's your favorite Polish food that you've tried so far? Ooh, okay, I really love zurich, which is like the the soup. It's like a I don't really it, the, the best way to describe it to people is like it's kind of like a mustardy type soup. It's like bitter or sour. Or I don't maybe it's like sour. Yeah, it's it's like a soup. I usually my favorite is like in a bread bowl. With some sauce, with some kielbasa, some Polish sausage. Mm. Have you had duck soup? Do you know what that is? I have had duck soup. I had, had it. I had it. I had. I had duck dumpling soup. Did they do like the whole thing in front of you? Like I remember my grandparents chopping the head off the duck <laughs> right in front of you. Oh, I haven't had that, but that sounds like that. I'm not surprised. I, I I could definitely see that happening somewhere around here. I guess looking back on it, if you had to pick one experience. What was the coolest, the, the thing that when you think about that run, what does your mind go back to? Mm, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I think the thing I think about most is, one, just when I'm, when we would come back to campus, uh, especially after the Elite Eight when like, we were going to the Final Four, and we came back to our arena you know, almost, almost all the way full with just people um, – just there to like welcome us back and you know we had a podium up we brought back the 
the South Regional Trophy and like just seeing all those people there. And when you go somewhere, you know, you, you want to play at Kansas. You want to be somewhere where the students and the, everyone's engaged and like really supporting the, 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 the program and, and there's a lot of excitement around it. And when you go somewhere and you can and you can create it out of nothing, that kind of support and all that excitement and and people are thanking you for, you know, making their senior year of college so fun and and you, you bring up you bring a university together, you bring alumni together, people I had people class of nineteen eighty eighty six, nineteen ninety two telling like thanking me that they, they reconnected with all their friends from college over this and they never would have imagined that. And it's just stuff like that that, like, it really sticks out to me. And then the other thing I think about a lot is is obviously, like, the Elite Eight game was, was my best game and we, we beat Kansas State. So that was, like, a real feel-good moment for me um, and just on the way to the Final Four down in Atlanta. So those are the things I think about most. And then, I would imagine your uh, standing around campus was a little bit different when the – whole thing was over chicago man like like i told you about when we my threw at the first pitch for the cubs game like, yeah we went out have you been to chicago you know like about wrigleyville kind of i mean i've been there a couple of times but i wouldn't say that i know anything about it okay well i'll just say after that game like when people when people saw us out at the bars at wrigleyville like after like it was like everybody's job in, in Chicago was just trying to get us as drunk as possible, just sending us beers, like nonstop sending us shots. Like it was, it was wild. Like, like that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of reception you get in Chicago when you come back. I would imagine you didn't have trouble getting a date. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I actually, I actually had a girlfriend at the time. And so, so that, that wasn't, that wasn't on my mind, but we had we had lots of fun otherwise at the bars and all that. <laughs> I hear you, man. I want to thank Ben Richardson so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we've linked to him on our social media accounts at Profoundly Pointless on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I want to take a second real quick to remind everybody about our Game of Thrones contest. The rules are spelled out on our website at ProfoundlyPointless.com, but basically for anybody listening to this, all you have to know is that you enter the contest and then you have chance of winning anywhere between $100 and $500. Okay, so now let's go ahead and give John Shaw a call. I feel like he's going to be kind of sensitive this episode. I just get this feeling. Hello, Nick. Are you down right now? Am I down? Yeah, you sound a little bit. You sound a little bit down. You've seemed a little sensitive over the last couple of days. I just want to know if everything's okay. Everything's great. I'm. I'm not sensitive. I'm just. You know, I'm, I, I was criticized for not returning text messages. You didn't return text messages. The thing is, it's not the fact that you don't return them. It's the fact that I know that you have seen it and you ignore it. I, but see, I wouldn't say I ignore it. I, I fully intend to get to it. No, you ignore them because you see it. And if you don't respond to it, you are ignoring it for the time being. Well, I mean, if there's a text where someone is, is criticizing you, and and demeaning you. I mean, you know, I I don't know see why I have to respond to that anyways. But it's a vicious cycle. Like the only reason what? that I criticize and demean is because you ignore the text message, and then I have to because that gets you to respond. What we really need, what we should be talking about, is your inability to feel affection. <laughs> I would don't. I totally disagree with that. I feel that I feel too much affection. That I put 
too much into people, that I care too much, and then I get my feelings hurt, and then I have to lash out. See, I I, I don't think that's the case. I think I think it's a, a prime example of you know if if someone sends you a simple message and you can't respond with with just a normal response, you know you you have to put in some kind of you know, a uh, n- nasty, nasty word, or, or you have to, you know, be rude at the end, or, or make some kind of bad joke, you know, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's who you are, and we love you for it, but, you know, it's... This is what I mean about you being sensitive. All I did was ask how your cat was feeling. You didn't ask anything about my cat. I asked if your cat told you that, and you got really mad about it. You're right, you, you're right, you did. <laughs> That the, on that text thread, yes, that you did ask if, if if my cat is the one who told me, and yes, I looked at the text and I believe my exact words were, "I really hate that motherfucker," <laughs> <laughs> and that that uh, you know that was you know implied to to you, of course. Let me ask you this: Do you have one of the? Do you have cable? I do, yes. Do you have a do you have the TV guide thing? Like do you have the guide option? Yes. How do you go through the guide? Are you going to look like how do you how quickly do you go through the channels? <laughs> is this really what we're going to take up uh 30 minutes with? I think this is important. This is one of the actual things. This is how one of the ways that I judge people is how quickly <laughs> they can go through the guide. I don't usually go through the guide to be honest. You go through, you go through into, you just click down on the channels like some kind of fucking Neanderthal. I mean, there's a, there's like certain channels that I, I watch and I might see what's on those channels, but no, I don't scroll up and down through the entire guide just randomly seeing what's on TV. Hmm. I don't, I think most people probably do scroll through the entire guide, especially if you have a lot of the channels. Do you have the favorites programmed in or do you punch in the numbers? <laughs> I punch in the numbers. My God, man. You're like a I caveman did. over there. I knew that's what you were going to say. I knew it. Like, you're setting me up once again for uh, some kind of joke. Well, I just don't understand why you continue to do things like this. Especially, do you have HD? What? Do you have HD? Because then you're punching in four numbers. And you've got to do that over and over and over again. No, my uh, I have one of those smart remotes where I could just talk into it. Oh, <laughs> you do. You know, every time my wife uses that, I like to yell out very loudly, "Penis!" Every single time. <laughs> and so you, I mean, it's, it's quite easy. I mean, you know, we live in a society where they make the lazy even more capable to be even lazier. So that's a that's a big plus, really. I don't see what the problem is. And if you're wondering, my cat is doing just fine, by the way. Good, good. What channels are generally your favorite aside from Skinamax? <laughs> is Skinamax even around still? Yeah, it's holding on. Every oh once in a while, you'll every once in a while you'll catch Babes in Playhouse or something like that. You're like, oh, that's still around. <laughs> yeah, I think the last one I saw, or, or I not saw, but <laughs> like downloaded. Studied <laughs> was like a, a bad like uh, I don't know what you want to call a mockumentary or whatever. Uh, it was supposed to be like Pirates of the Caribbean, but it, it was like 
prostitutes of uh, of of Jamaica or something. I don't know. It was different. But, but it, it was... wasn't the full thing, right? Like it's just light nudity. Who's who's still watching that? Yeah, I I, I have no idea. What's I mean, you know, I, I I do see from time to time they'll have ads for like pay per views or whatever. And I, I still wonder, like, do they still have, like, movies, like, porn to buy? Yeah. I mean, they've got stores <laughs> everywhere. I'm sure they've still got DVDs and stuff. That confuses me of, like, who wants to see some light touching just on Cinemax? Like, why would you even spend your time watching that when there's so many other options available? Yes, I would think with all the reputable websites that are out there where you can get it for free, why... How are these companies even in business? I don't I don't get it. It's kind of amazing. I mean, I guess, look, however you get down is however you get down. But look, back to my original point. When you yes. go through the guide, Sorry. like do, when you go to the guide option, are you reading everything or you fast skim across it? No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a skimmer. I'm okay. a very fast skimmer. Thank you. Thank you. I get enraged when I'm around somebody that's going to like read the description of every single fucking program on there. I, I mean, I, I would say I have found that it's more of a generational thing. Uh, you know, the the elder generations are the one who are, oh, I didn't know that this was on the HGTV network or whatever. Or, oh man, reruns of Lassie. Let me see which episode it is, and I'm have to read the paragraph synopsis instead of just clicking on the channel. Exactly. Have you hit the age yet? Well, you'll be in an uncomfortable car ride, and you'll start reciting businesses that you drive by. Um, explain it further. I don't. I don't understand what you're saying. Haven't you ever been on a ride with like your grandparents or somebody or somebody older, and they're going to tell you the name of every business that you drive by? Like, oh, Pete's Tacos. Haven't heard of that. <laughs> oh well, do you mean like when you're driving by and they're like, and you're like, oh man, that's uh, you know that's. Like, uh, I don't know, like a roller rink. And they're like, oh, well, that used to be Bob's roller rink back in the 60s. No, 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 no. Not that age yet. Just where you're going to list off all the businesses that you're driving by. Have you oh, hit no, that age I, yet? Uh, I don't know. I don't do that, I don't think. My other question for you is, do you think, have you ever been in a situation in which you have been the underdog and triumphed? I mean, my entire life, I would think, right? I mean, I've. My entire life, if, if I succeed at anything, which is quite rare, by the way, but if I ever do, I'm, I always get the, the backhanded compliment of, well, you never saw him coming. You do. I bet you get more backhanded compliments than any other person alive. <laughs> wow. You're probably absolutely right on that. But like, I, I've made a, uh, I, I've made, I don't know, I, I don't want to say successful life out of it, but I mean, I've. You know, I, I've embraced that, that uh, I don't know what you want to call it, characteristic, I guess, of being the unexpected. Are you underestimated since day one? I would say, I mean, I would say so. I mean, uh, at, at least in the, you know, the athletic field, I would say. Well, you're not an athlete. I mean, probably because people <laughs> have no expectations. And then if you're able to put one foot in front of the other, you've basically beaten those expectations. Thank you. I, I mean, duh. I mean, I, I mean, look at me. I can put, you know, I have somebody else in my life, by the way, that is just as ignorant and rude as you. And, uh, they are waiting for me to finish a book to give them, give to them so they can borrow it. 
and it's been a week and a half, and because I haven't finished it in a week and a half, I now apparently am illiterate and read at the age of his son, who is six years old. Do your lips move when you read? I don't think so. I, I do I do read aloud sometimes, but to myself. Why? Why are you reading aloud to yourself? That's actually a sign of poor reading comprehension. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm not entirely sure I believe you, but, well, I mean, I guess you had to get that from somewhere. So. I, I know that if your lips move when you read, that's apparently a sign of poor reading comprehension. I don't know. Why are you reading out loud to yourself? Like, you just want to... You want to emphasize the point, or are you trying to understand it? Also, what book is it? it, it uh, this one is a book about Ty Cobb. Okay, how many pages are we talking? Uh, I think a little shy of 500, that's, I believe. I, I mean, that's a solid month, honestly. I give you a month for that book. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've probably been on it a good, like I said, about a week and a half, two weeks. I'm about halfway through. I think that's pretty legitimate. I think your friend's being a jerk. Wow, look at... Well, you know, he he is short in stature like yourself, so I think, uh, I tell you, I think it's, a, you know, another thing, by the way, you know, I, I did make a comment about you having Napoleon Syndrome, mm-hmm. and you came back with the, the bullshit excuse that he was actually a uh, decent height for his, his time period that he lived in. Yeah, he was, actually. That's basically, that's that's a misnomer. He was That's actually not would have correct. been. I looked it up and I researched it, and historical accounts have him between five foot or uh, four foot five and four foot eleven. Yeah, and did they also account for the fact that those were measured in French units, which are different? And he would have been anywhere between five foot seven and five foot nine, which would have been considered either average height or tall for the time that he lived in. See the fact that you researched this. Proves my point. You're talking to a history major. I was a history major in college. Jesus Christ. The fact that you were a history major makes me want to throw up. I mean, why does that particularly offend you? So if if I ask you, if I was to ask you a history question right now about any point in history, you would be able to get it right. Not every point in history. I mean, that's ridiculous to even think that. I mean, but I would, I have a general knowledge. What's, what's the question? Who directed the movie Jaws? How is that a history question? That's not a question about history. That's a movie question. What? You're not saying movies aren't history? So, okay, so if you took a history test in college and they just randomly put on who directed the movie Jaws and you got it wrong, and because of that, you flunked out of college, you wouldn't be upset about that question? You wouldn't think that question is unfair? First off, can we both agree that if that was a real question— on a history exam, that would be the best class ever. Yeah, that'd probably be a pretty cool teacher. I'll Stop. give you that. Is it? I thought it was. Is it not Steven Spielberg? It is Steven Spielberg. So I still so got passed. it right. You passed. How Congratulations. Do you, how do you in your mind think, you know what, I'm going to test this guy about history, and the best question I can come up with is who directed Jaws? Well, because I know if I asked you, I, I, I don't, I don't want to you know, put you down in front of uh, you know our – all of our listeners and our sponsor, Long John Silvers. Apparently, they're sending us something. <laughs> well, I mean, shout out to them because they, they apparently love us. So They do. Um, did you know that the box turtle has a lifespan that is about average 50 years, but many instances of box turtles living as long as 100 years are very common? Now, are box turtles the painted turtles? No. 
A box turtle is a box turtle. A painted turtle is a painted turtle. Again, there's this use of English where people use different uh-huh. words to describe different things. But you know, you know what I've never understood about turtles? They all look the fucking same. No, they don't. Well, yeah, they do. No, they don't in size. I mean, that's a, they, again, again, that's another instance of animal racism. They, they all look the same, and they all should be treated the same and made into soup. Is there not a more useless animal that is celebrated more than the turtle? Oh, that's a good... <sighs> Maybe the guinea pig? The guinea pig's pretty useless. Hamster? I don't I know. Mean, I would say both of those are pretty useless. I mean, turtles are pretty pretty much god-awful. But you don't have to take care of a turtle much. I mean, I think that's where the turtle could jump ahead in the useless animal category, that it takes a lot less maintenance to have a turtle than it does to have, like, a hamster or a guinea pig. I haven't had the, the, the last two. I have had a turtle once, yeah. and then it, dis- it disappeared on me, and uh, my dad told me that it just died naturally, but then I found out that it actually got run over, so... Did it actually get run over? And was it run over by him? And how did it get run over? That seems like a massive act of irresponsibility on someone, most likely your part. It was not my part, actually. All I know is they flushed it down the toilet, so. Then why, wait, how did he make it better by telling you it got run over? You know, it's it's one of those stories that's clouded in uh, mystery. I'm not entirely sure I have all the facts from Papa Shull on that one. I think Papa Shull needs to have a little bit of accountability. I mean, now that he's a grandparent... What's he going to do? He's going to flush down. He's going to flush somebody else's pet. John's Fast Five. Pew, 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 John's Fast Five. Pew, 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 John's Fast Five. My turn! My turn! In a second. Wait. This isn't going to work while he's out awake. You know that, right? Do you have a fast five? What's going on? So, I mean, once again, I, you know, I, I thought, you know, we were going to just discuss some things. So I do have some things, like questions to ask you. Okay. That I already know the answer to, but I want to publicly shame you. <laughs> okay. Those are my favorite. Did you fill out a bracket this year for no. the NCAA tournament? I did not. I'm done. I'm over with. I'm over it. Well, that's terrible. Well, there goes my first attempt to shame you. If you would have... Would you have picked Kansas State to, to to do well in the tournament? No, because the main guy, the be, the good player that they have, is hurt. So I wouldn't. I don't blindly pick things based on allegiances. I look at the facts and I have an accurate representation, and then I move from there. All right, Robert Mueller, put it back in your pants. Anyways, they uh, they probably were the biggest upset of the first couple rounds i would say they're not but see i would argue that they're not really an upset because their main guy was hurt i don't think you have to look at what vegas was putting the odds on and i don't think the odds were that bad that kansas was going to lose i don't i don't know i don't know what the uh, the odds were all i know is that i've only lost six games and uh i'm leading uh almost all my bracket pools that i know of so so basically so basically you brought this up in order to brag yes pretty much okay all right, that's legit. And to say that there's apparently only one perfect bracket left, which is pretty impressive because from what I understand, you have a, a better chance of winning the $750 million Powerball than you would have of getting a perfect bracket. So that's pretty 
pretty badass. But the but see that's what I don't understand fully is because the Powerball is just complete blind luck. Like there's no amount of skill in that. You could be skilled and pick a perfect bracket. See though, is is Powerball really luck? Yes, I, I have my I have my thoughts on it. Kind of like dinosaurs, you know huh? what I mean? How can you have any kind of indication that Powerball could be skill based when they're literally drawing numbers randomly out of a jug? Who? I mean, who, who knows? All all I know is out of the the top ten biggest uh, jackpots, not one winner has been from Michigan. Seems kind of like Powerball racism to me. And the fact that, you know, you won't hear about any of these gigantic pots, right? Except once or twice a year. And it's always around the time where, like, events are happening. Where they know people are, like, just willing to go spend money. I think that is what we would consider in the scientific field, which I would like to be a member of, is correlation but not causation. Is causation even a word? Yeah, it is. It's the cause of something. Wow, like, you actually sounded halfway intelligent there. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of it. Correlation and not causation. Now, you would sound even better if you could tell me the scientific uh, name of a box turtle. I don't know it. Probably turtle turtleus. <laughs> turtleus boxilus. Turtleus boxilus. Boxilus turtleus. <laughs> Anyways, I you know, do you play the Powerball? Do they even have Powerball where you live? The ridiculous thing, yeah. The ridiculous thing about it is I only play Powerball and that kind of thing when the jackpot is really high and you have even less of a chance of winning. How do you, how would you feel if you won the Powerball and you found out that automatically the government's going to take 25%? Would it matter to you at that point or, do, or does that bother you? No, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, that's how that's how your job works, basically. The government's taking 25% of that. Would you do the uh, annual installments or would you do the lump sum? I think I would do the lump sum. I mean, everybody seems to do the lump sum. Even though the annual installment sounds like the better deal, but there must be some reason. I guess maybe there must be some clause where, like, if you die, it doesn't pass on. So I I, I, I need you to make this declaration right now that if you win the Powerball, I get to live with you and basically just, you know, me and my family just get to live off of your luck for the rest of our lives. Are you living in the same house or can I have a casita set up? I mean, I don't care where we live. I mean, you can. Get, I mean, you're gonna get me my own house, my own mansion somewhere. No, 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 no. If we, if we have this kind of arrangement, you're going to be living on the same property as me, and you're gonna have to do yard work. But I'll cover the bills. But you're gonna have to do yard work, and you're gonna have to be dressed while doing that yard work in overalls, no shirt. <laughs> Man, that's terrifying. I almost want to say I'll pass on it, but man, $750 million to be a part of is a lot of money. Yeah, but you're going to live on my property rent-free, basically all utilities, everything, but you're going to have to do yard work, overalls, no shirt, and I'm going to I'm gonna go on a gardening spree, and I'm going to really like go after it, and I'm going to berate <laughs> you if the gar- if the vegetables aren't growing. <laughs> that's terrible i would uh like how many hours a day are we talking like one or two and then we'll let the real people take over or what no you're gonna it's you full time and if the oh, garden dies terrible. then you're out 
That's <laughs> fuck it. I'm out. Yeah, that would be the rule. You have to maintain my garden, and if it dies, you get kicked out. And I don't want any excuses in terms of even if it's a like a hurricane somehow hits the middle of Nebraska where I decide to move for some reason. That's still not an excuse. And you would have to then look your family in the eye and explain to them why this garden dies because you were watching baseball highlights. Well, you have to understand that my wife would never move with me in that instance because she knows we'd be fucked right away anyways. Um, she would probably divorce me and then I would just tell her I would make payments. And then once I you know, let you down and let the earth down, then I would really be fucked, so. Yeah. Since we're speaking of Nebraska, did you know that box turtles were found going as far back as 15 million years ago, ironically, with that fossil being found in Nebraska? What they do, find one fossil that someone put there? Somebody didn't put it there. The box turtle probably died there. I don't I think don't you understand it. how fossils work. I understand how fossils work. I... <laughs> Explain it to me then. My, my my problem, as we've discussed before, is that, you know, there is no recorded history at the time where these fossils or, or these animals were said to have died, right? Again, they can use science to basically look back and, and carbon date them and find out how old they are. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to be a scientist then and say that a box turtle was around 30 million years ago. Well, you don't have any evidence of that. Like, you're just saying it. They have evidence that is backed up in peer-reviewed journals. I found a rock with a box turtle's piece of its shell the other day in my garden. I don't believe you. No, it's, it's actually been certified by the... Uh, See, but you're just making it up because you have no legitimate argument. I'm, I, I'm just saying, like... Okay, so they found a box turtle fossil in Nebraska. Good for them. Yeah. Like, first off, I have so many questions. Why are they searching in Nebraska for box turtle fossils? Well, if you didn't know this or not, there was a thing called the Ice Age at one point, and there, most of the Midwest was actually covered by ocean. Oh, well. And where'd all that water go? Into the invisible cave? No, in it went the earth? back into the ice. Or it went into the ocean. There is no ice anymore. Don't you ever listen to Al Gore? <laughs> I just don't think you know how science works. I actually, I, I, I play dumb, but I, I, I do have a, a general understanding of how things work. However, a, a general. My, th my thought process on dinosaurs still won't change that much. Well, that's the problem, is it's completely wrong. Um... Is this the topic that you wanted to discuss, your bracket? That's what you wanted to highlight? I mean, Powerball and brackets. There are no – there's no two other things going on. Well, I mean, obviously besides the Mueller stuff, but we don't get into that. On yeah. The show. But, you know, the the Powerball in NCAA, there are no there, – there's nothing bigger going on right now in, in the United States besides those two things. Well, I was pretty upset about the fact that you, the way that you look through channels, I mean, I find that to be inefficient and ridiculous, but... I mean, oh, also, I'm supposed to tell you uh, from two of our faithful listeners that the fact that neither of us had uh, Italian beef sandwiches on our uh, sandwich top five. 
Uh, we are blasphemies to the podcast community, and we should never record again. Well, it's not that good. Sorry. S- tell your sandwich to step it up. Don't come in here with uh, weak sandwiches. Well, w- one of those uh, criticizers uh, was referring to a sandwich uh, from Chicago uh, from a place. I forget the name of the restaurant, but they basically you get it and they just I mean, they just douse it and uh, au jus. And I mean, it is pretty good, but like it's not my one of my top fives. No, I mean, look, it's a bring like have a better sandwich. And then it'll be in our top five, but your top five didn't cut it. Your Italian beef au jus ain't beating out PB and J. It's not. It's not even beating out Arby's for fuck's sake. All right. Arby's is pretty good. I feel like that's Arby's. Real, gets a, that's real Italian beef. There, real roast beef. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> you want you want a real sandwich? You go to Arby's. Are you ready for? Our, are you ready for our top five? Because I'm actually pretty excited about this top five, and I think that my number one is going to be. A, is a total and absolute dominant number one that no one will agree with. I told my wife that if you didn't actually have a top five, because the last time we tried doing a top five I had come up with, you didn't have one. So I told her if you didn't have a top five, I was quitting the show. <laughs> <laughs> so I really hope you have a top five or Chris Gad's going to be your new co-host. Um, I do have a top five, so our top five is going to be top five upsets, and we're not limiting this just to sports. This is upsets in, like, all of life, in movies, in comic books, in video games, everything. What yeah. is what is your number five? So uh, I start off in the sports world. Uh, early 90s when uh, Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson. See, here's my problem with that. I don't have any disagreement with that. I just have a disagreement with it in the sense that you and I weren't really alive in the sense that we really understood why that was a big upset. So I didn't put that or like the 1980 ice hockey thing on my list because everybody just says it's an upset. We don't really know that. Like we weren't around for it. I mean, I, mean, I, I think from, you know, from what we understand or from, you know, uh, from – whatever literature and, and, and multimedia and from watching like the replays. I mean, I think you can get a sense for how big of an upset that truly was like I, David versus Goliath, but in the boxing ring. Yeah. I just, I don't, I, I just, my, my opinion on that kind of stuff is that public perception says that's a huge upset. Public perception is generally wrong about what actually happened. Just like the Napoleon thing. Like everybody thinks Napoleon was short. He wasn't. Well, that's that's still you know that's still debatable. It's I mean, not it's debatable. Still five, five, regardless. It's not debatable. It's scientific fact. What's your number five over there, Napoleon? New York Giants beating the undefeated undefeated uh, New England Patriots in Super Bowl. Okay, I mean that uh, that that was a heartbreaker, but they had to lose sometime. You're absolutely right. That, I, that's they, your response. They, that's the best you got. I was watching that game with you and saw your soul crushed. <laughs> I mean, you. I, I will never make fun of you again, at least for the next ten minutes, if you can tell me the name of the David Giants. Tyree. Wow! All right, that's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> you got nothing. I can tell you. I can tell you the number of his jersey if you want to know it. Well, I don't even think I know that. I don't even. 
what was it, 17? No, it was 85. 85, wow, okay. All right, that's, I mean, listen, I... I got, I got nothing else to say. It was, uh. What is that like? What is that like to think that you have somebody cornered and then to just be crushed <laughs> like that? Well, I've known you long enough to know that you surprise me when I, I least expect it and then you let me down when I most expect it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I try to do. That's what I try to do. <laughs> I think it goes both ways. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Whenever I think something's going to be easy, I'm like, oh, God, he's going to let me down on this one. Um, <laughs> what's your number four? I put this one on the list because I, I wanted to make you happy. However, I also feel that his story was portrayed as one of, you know, the ultimate underdog, and that is Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> Forrest Gump did manage to he just kept coming back again and again and again didn't he I didn't even think of Forrest Gump and he did so much right I mean he fought in a war he met presidents he you know he was an activist plus he you know now uh, I feel like that I feel like I didn't even think of it I feel like Forrest Gump should actually be higher on the list (laughs) I, I wasn't going to put him on my list and then I'm like you know what I'm sure Nick has him at number one, so. I don't. My number one is, like I said, a dominant number one that I don't think anyone will agree with or know about. I, I'm pretty proud of my number one as well, so I'm really curious to see what your number one is. But, my, uh, my number four is Michael Jordan beating the Monstars in Space Jam. <laughs> Legit? That's that's a, that's actually a really good one. Yeah. That's a great one. I mean, if you think about it, the Monstars had all the powers. They were bigger. And they had all the powers of the best basketball players of that age. It's basically like Michael Jordan beating a bunch of bigger versions of like Patrick Ewing and Charles Barkley. That's a huge upset. And let, let's not forget Sean Bradley. <laughs> yeah, they did have Sean Bradley. <laughs> Sean Bradley and Muggsy Bogues and Larry Johnson. I oh, think my God. All, all the Monstars. They did. How did you know so much about the Monstars? I've, I mean, who doesn't love Space Jam? Do you have it on DVD? I do have it on DVD. Okay, that's what I figured. What's your... Uh, what's what your... that even me? What's the good? I feel like that was a backhanded compliment. <laughs> yeah, that is a backhanded compliment. Because this is... I'm uh, telling let's you. Let's see. So my um, number three and number two, it, they're, it's a tie. Or, so I have two at each. Okay. Wait a minute. So, you have two at each for a total of four? Or you have two at each for a total of two? I have two at each for a total of four. So then how is that a tie between three and two? That's not a tie between three and two. They're ties at two and three. Between four things? Yes. So why isn't it one, two, three, and or two, three, four, five are a tie? That's how it should have been. I I don't know what you're referring to. Anyway. That's not how you do that. Look, if if you have a tie between four things, then they should... they should take up the fifth, fourth, third, and second position. No, they shouldn't because number five is number five, number four is number four, number three. These are these are both good enough to be possibly one, two, or three, but they're I have them at number three. But that's not how that works. I can do whatever I want. It's just wrong. Fine, if you want to be wrong, be wrong. But go ahead. Listen, according to our Facebook polls, my top fives are. Sup- 
supremely dominant. That's I have been getting crushed, <laughs> and that's why I didn't want to put my number one at number one, even though it's a dominant number one. It's like people aren't going to get it, and I'm going to get crushed on it again. <laughs> uh, fine. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll narrow it down then. So no, just I want to hear the original ones now. Stick to your guns. All right, uh, all right fine. Stop yelling. Um, so for number three, I have a tie between the 1980 men's hockey team. When they took down the Russians. Okay. And 2001 Tom Brady when he led the Patriots to the Super Bowl. That's not an upset at all. The only upset. an upset. Yeah, thanks to the refs. Oh, boy. Here we go. That's not an upset. Who did they beat? The uh, the St. Louis Rams. That's not an upset. That's not. That's that's. It's not an upset. That's not. Ne- I mean, it may be an upset, but it's not nearly good enough to be on this list. Tom Brady might be the number one underdog story ever, by the way. No, I don't think so at all. It's a system quarterback at his best. Oh, boy. All right. What's your number three? University of Baltimore County beating Virginia 75-54, to the only 16 seed to beat a one seed. That was, that was an amazing, like, story. Uh I don't remember how far they got after that, though. Did they lose the next round? I think they lost the next round, but just by its sheer nature, the fact that something that had never happened before happened and it was a blowout, I think that sports-wise, that has to be the biggest upset of all time. I don't see how you could have a bigger one. Uh, I mean, it's definitely up there. I think the 1980 hockey team is bigger. Yeah, but you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> How about you ask Kurt Russell, who played the head coach of that team in a Disney movie, and it's fantastic. Check it out. It's called Miracle. I thought it was Mighty Ducks. I uh, know. That's – oh, I forgot about the Mighty yeah, Ducks. Yeah, I thought I thought for sure Mighty Ducks Flying V would be on your list. No. Um, damn it. That was a good one. Uh, so number two, my, uh, my final tie, I have uh, the Nerds from Revenge of the Nerds. Ooh. And uh, the Little Giants. See, I... From Little Giants, obviously. I am very surprised at how good your list has been. Thank you. I'll, I'll take the compliment. It's not backhanded this time. That is kind of backhanded. That's still kind of a backhanded compliment, because I was expected to be disappointed. It's kind of like, wow, you didn't fuck this up. <laughs> I've heard that most of my life, but it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen... I've never seen the Kurt Russell movie because I thought it was actually Patrick Swayze who was in that, and I've never Jesus seen Christ. Little Giants. Oh, I'm not man, a fan you have of to see Little Giants. It has Rick, Rick Moranis in it, and Ed O'Neill, and it's fantastic. I'm not generally a fan of sports related movies. Well, you're afraid of scary movies, so what? What do you watch? I'm a big fan of uh, sci-fi. I think I like sci-fi movies. I like um, comic book movies. Yeah, I just don't like sports movies. Never, I'm never, I'm never interested in sports movies. Like Field of Dreams, could care less. Oh man, if you build it, they will come. I never understood what that. I mean, that's a ridiculous plot for the movie. You probably believe <laughs> it's real. You probably believe it's a documentary. I, I may have actually stood in a, in a field one time and said that to myself. <laughs> I could see that. What was it? Now wait a minute. Was it like a field, like a farm field, or was it just a vacant lot in Detroit? <laughs> No, it's a vacant lot. I'm pretty sure my dad was like, get your ass in the car. Food's done. God, I can see why your dad is. I, look, just for the record, I totally agree with your dad. 
listen, what's your number two? Rebel Alliance beating the Empire? Star Wars? Yeah, that's... That's... But see... Yeah, I mean, they were underdogs. They were underdogs. They're going against two of the most powerful Force users of all time in Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, let's not forget the the best uh, Sith ever, Darth Maul. Darth... Darth Maul's a pretty good Sith. I'm not going to put him above Darth Vader as the best Sith, though. Vader's a weak-ass little bitch, so Va- come on. That's a ridiculous statement. Vader would <laughs> wipe the floor with Maul. Just maul him. Vader wouldn't. He's not even on my top five Star Wars villains of all time. Who's on I want you to name me five Star Wars villains. Boba Fett. Jabba the Hutt. Boba, Boba Darth Fett Maul. is a bounty hunter, not necessarily a villain, I don't think. You're insane if you don't call him a villain. He's a bounty hunter. He's just a guy. He's just a guy looking for a fucking paycheck, man. Don't hate a guy for doing his job. <laughs> you could even say that Lando is is a bad guy for like a movie and a half. Lando was in an impossible position. He had to do what he had to do. He's got a whole fucking community to watch out for. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, can we get back on No, the I want to hear your top five, and don't include Boba Fett, who is a guy just doing his job. No, first of all, all you did was ask me to name five villains, and I was on, like, I don't know, four or, or whatever, and then you cut me off saying that Boba Fett or, uh, or uh, wasn't. Okay, so who's your five, then? Wasn't. I'll give, okay, let's just hear you name five. Well, I've already named, what, four? Kylo Ren, Darth Vader... Jabba, Boba, and uh, Darth Maul. There's five right off the top of my head. Okay, who'd you rule out when you're making your top five? Because if you're going to have a legitimate list, then you need to know what you're talking about and be able to evaluate certain people and then leave them out of the list. I th- I think you're just angry because you're wearing Star, War- Star Wars underwear right now because you love it so much. I'm going commando, baby. Oh, <laughs> That's terrible. Just real quick, though, so we can move on. Who did you rule out and think that they weren't good enough to be on the list? What, for for Star Wars villains? Yeah. I mean, out of that five, I mean, Kylo Ren's gone. uh, Boba's gone. No, uh, you're not understanding. You're not. You're not. You're not answering the question. What I'm asking you is because you put so much research and you have such a depth of Star Wars knowledge. Which villain did you leave off of your top five list because you didn't think cut it? I've, I've never, I've never claimed to have had. You're getting defensive. No, I'm if just trying want, to. I'm trying to prove the fact that you're literally just naming off people that you've heard of. If you want me to name more, I can name more for you. I just want to know who you didn't put on your top five that you consider. General Grievous, uh, Senator Palpatine. Senator, Senator Palpatine. <laughs> He's the Emperor. It's not Senator Palpatine. You know what? I won't make fun of the rest of your list if you can tell me Senator Palpatine's first name. You, you got me. Sheev. Sheev Palpatine. <laughs> I mean, you just did two things. I feel like you were trying to make fun of me, but now everyone who thought you might might have a little inkling of, like, brilliance and coolness is gone now. Pretty much. I'm okay with that. What's your number? Yes, are his we name's at- Sharif or whatever. Sheev. Are you number one? Are you at number yeah, one? Yeah, I'm at my number one. Okay. I really think we need to have like a, a little – like I need to have a drum set in the background or something. I was just actually starting to play the drums. I was going like this. I don't know how to do it's, it. Uh, I have the Jamaican bobsled team. Oh! 
That's a good one, man. <laughs> That's uh, a ah, cool runnings is a great movie. One for the rhythm, two for the rhyme, <laughs> three to get ready. It's bobsled time. <laughs> but let's be honest, uh, John Candy's really he's the one who makes the movie. Yeah, he does. That's a pretty big upset. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, getting down to like being uh, for real. I mean, a Jama- a Jamaican foursome. Bob like bobsledding. Well, I mean, it comes down to athletic ability and speed. It actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you actually think they would do better? Uh, I just they don't have the resources. I don't think. Maybe they do now, but they didn't then. I guess it would be kind of hard to maintain ice. <laughs> this is my rant about the Olympics. Can I go on my rant about the Olympics really quick? I'm never I mean, impressed. I'm never impressed when the United States when the United States wins a medal. The United States should place in the top three of every single competition in every single kind of Olympics that they have. Based on our population size and resources, we should be getting gold, silver, or bronze in every single event. I don't. I mean, you're absolutely right. My my rant with the Olympics is how you could have somebody that lives in America, but because they live, you know, they were born in I don't know. Name me a country, Zambia. You know, and they live there till they were three months. They go and they and they race for Zambia. Like, you know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense. You know the official. Do you know the box turtle is actually the official state reptile of four different states: North Carolina, Tennessee, Missouri, and Kansas. You know, I don't understand how you can get a rant in, and then I try to get a rant in, and I get shut out by the box turtle. I just don't have anything else to say to it. <laughs> that's that's the only reason that I do it. Also, I know it pisses four, you off. What are the four states? If you were listening instead of complaining, you would have heard that they are North Carolina, Tennessee, Missouri, and Kansas. Oh, well, the last one's not a state, so. It is. It's the heartland. Of- the worst state. What's your yeah. number one? If you say David versus Goliath, I'm hanging up. No, my number one, I think, is going to... You're going to have to play along a little bit for my number one. Are you familiar with Thanos of the Avengers? Infinity? Yes. Okay. Does he seem like a really powerful guy to you? Currently, yes. Okay. Do you, does he seem like the kind of, like he can take over the universe, basically, right? That's how they're, that's how he's being set up. I mean, that's the way they're making it seem. Okay. So my number one is that Thanos was once arrested by two cops in a comic book. Oh, wow. Great. Great number one. It's it's a dominant number one. How is that not a dominant number one? I'm not no, arguing. That's a, that's a great number one. Way to really bring it home there. How? But Okay. What's a bigger upset? The most powerful person in the universe getting arrested by two cops? I think I would have rather taken David versus Goliath. I'm just saying. That's a legitimately big upset. And I knew that I knew this was going to be your response. I, you remember how when, when you started this episode, you said that your number one was going to get a lot of criticism. I I think I think it's going to get a lot of criticism. You don't think that two ordinary police officers arresting the most powerful being in the universe is an upset? I'm I'm not saying, it, but maybe he went willfully. You know, I mean, was there a struggle? Was he setting them up? No, he was caught by them. They caught him. He was in a helicopter. And they caught him. So the most powerful person in the universe rides in a helicopter. That's the ridiculousness of the whole. That was how big of an upset it was that these two cops were able to catch Thanos. 
and just put him in handcuffs and lead him away to jail. It's a huge upset. Then he goes to jail because the most powerful person in the universe can just go to jail now. Yeah, that's how it worked. That's why it's such a big upset. They were not only able to catch him, they got him under arrest and they put him in jail. And see, this is why people hate our podcast right there. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. If you have some great upsets that you think that we missed out on, let us know. We've got our website, ProfoundlyPointless.com, and we're Profoundly Pointless on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. I want to thank Ben Richardson so much for joining us. I want to thank you guys for listening. If you get a chance, like Download, subscribe, share. It really helps us out. Coming up on the next episode, we're either going to be diving deep underwater or we're going to be looking at the secret history of Game of Thrones. And don't forget, if you really think that you know about Game of Thrones, head over to our website, enter the contest. You could win a lot of money. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.